Welcome to All Dollars No Cents with Josh Altman and Kevin Klein. They put the real in real estate. Yes, indeed. We're back at it again. All dollars, no cents. Kevin Klein right here. The man you're actually here to listen to is to my right. His name is Josh Altman. And you finally have a good excuse for why we have not been on this show for the past few weeks. Do you care to share with us what that excuse is? I had a baby. He did it. A there true, you go. true broadcast professional. has a lozenge in his mouth right now, and he's ready to go with a new baby boy. Uh, this is a big, exciting moment, not not only for uh, you, of course, and, and, and Heather and the family, uh, but I think it means you're going to get way more sponsors, which is the most important thing, right? <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, so, yes, little Ace Altman, Ace David Altman, has entered the world uh, last week. Of course, right now, it, it, you know, besides being the greatest thing ever, we're in a whirlwind of uh, no sleep, uh, trying to figure out how to go from one kid to another, which many people listening will tell you that's a whole different world. But actually, what's interesting and what I wanted to tell you about while we were walking up here is it's so funny how business changes throughout your life and different stages of your life. And as far as real estate, I always felt that, you know, I was the impressive one because I was 24-7 and I always be available for my clients. But since I've had kids and now that I got the second one, my business has always gone through the roof more since I've had kids. And I think that the reason is because my clients actually end up uh, respecting me on a different level, which is a better level than the 24-7 hustler kid. Uh now that I'm a father. So I feel like fatherhood brings you more commissions. Yeah, I always tell my think? I always tell my wife that uh, when I go around with our daughter, I feel like I can get laid a lot more regularly by other people. So I kind of know what you're talking about. It's a similar situation. <laughs> it's a different level of respect. People look at me and they go, oh, that guy had a kid. He must be, not be a total loser. And then uh, I assume I could sleep with strange women. But I understand the point you're making. Listen, and, until you had a kid, I actually didn't think you got laid. So I don't know. <laughs> that's the only, it's proof, really. Because like, I knew, remember, I knew you at Syracuse I know, University. I know. The kid is like my merit badge to let the world know that uh, at least one one person allowed me to have sex with them. Uh, you know, in, in all seriousness, it's crazy because you and I are at very similar places in our life, not financially, but but with the uh, family right now. And you've said before, and in a moment, we're going to bring another one of your relatives onto the podcast, which is very exciting because uh, when you when we had the last guest on, it was your brother Matt Altman, and I said uh, we can have more relatives, but just no more Matt Altman. And you said, "Don't worry, I got one up my sleeve." And I'm very excited for the uh, com- uh, the I say comedian, but technically he's uh, another one of your relatives that will be joining us momentarily. When and it it's com- kind of funny, by the way, that we were just talking about sex, not to give a hint, but okay, take it, take it from here, Kev. Well, he the the man that we're going to bring on the show knows more about sex than anyone. I would say he probably knows the secret to life when it comes to happy relationships, sex, everything else like that. I feel like we should be on his show because I, I feel in the past I feel like he's had shows like this. Well, listen, before we introduce your father officially, give it away. It's Josh's father, Dr. Altman. Um you know, oftentimes when I'm at other people's family functions and relatives like to drone on or give speeches about whatever the case may be, be it a wedding, uh, bar mitzvah, uh, circumcision, let's just say, hypothetically, a bris, I, I usually can't wait for the family to shut up already because they usually drone on and on and on. It's not interesting. 
It's not uh, it's it's not really enlightening, and and oftentimes it feels almost like it's just between them and the their relative, and they leave out everyone else in the room. Whenever we get the chance to hear your father speak, and I would say this even if he wasn't sitting three feet away from me right now, uh, I always find it fascinating. He's such a polished public speaker, yet so emotional in the moment. And obviously, when you're talking about these big life events that we've you know you've known him your whole life, but. For me, I get to see him speak at your wedding, get to see him speak at your 40th birthday party, get to see him speak uh, earlier today uh, at your son's uh, bris. But he, he's a guy that um, makes everyone make the, for the, makes the moment feel as special for everyone else in the room as it is for him. And that is maybe the greatest thing you can do as a speaker, which really is more advice for you as a speaker, Josh. Yeah, that, that's a skill. Uh, I think I've probably done about, at this point, 150 to 200 keynotes. I think my dad has trumped me probably five times that. And every skill, every little skill that I've learned in this business of speaking, because, you know, I I do these keynotes all over the world, I learned from my father, from watching him on stage when I was young. I'm talking about real estate. He was talking about sex. Kind of the same thing, (laughs) right? But uh, a lot of my skills come from that, from, from just watching and learning. So let's welcome, for the first time ever, and hopefully not the last time ever, to All Dollars No Sense, the man responsible. If you do not like Josh Altman, and there are a few of you that do not like Josh Altman, this man is uh, half responsible for that. For the many others that do love Josh Altman and come back to the show to hear what he's up to and hear what's going on in real estate, uh, Dr. Altman, uh, let me say, a pleasure to have you on, only because if this was not happening on a microphone, you'd be charging me a couple hundred dollars an hour. So thank you for being here. Well, I, I think I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> uh, I will have to let you know after the next 30 to 40 minutes or so. Also, we should mention that you are one of the original listeners to the show and an early fan, so thank you. I know you have to say that because of Josh, but you could have uh, disliked me and liked the Josh part easily. What do you mean, could have? Well, right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I'm, good not sure I'm just reading you. the comments right now, actually. That's what he wrote. Dr. Altman 066 said that. Uh, no, seriously, uh, it's awesome to have you here with us. And, and uh, today, let me. Today is going to be a different episode because, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about real estate. We'll get to that. We've got some topics. But today was one of the more personal, special family days we could have. And um, I guess Dr. Altman can explain exactly what happened because I would uh, I would probably I'd probably pass out again like I almost did earlier today. Well, he, he might tear up. Well, that's fine. Listen, tears equals ratings. Let's get some tears. Yeah, I, I, there's no tearing up at this point. Um, we did the bris on Josh's new, newborn son, eight days of age, uh, and I happen to be a moil, a mohel, which is a ritual circumcisor. So I did the bris, the circumcision, on my grandson, and there are probably very few special times in my life that are spiritual and as close and wonderful uh, as being able to do that thing uh, in my family. And I've done thousands of these when I used to be in Boston, but this was incredibly special. And uh, Can I ask you the question that I think a lot of people are wondering is how many years had it been since you last performed uh, circumcision? Because is it like riding a bicycle where you don't forget? Or if it's been five, ten years, do you lose a bit of the skill? I used to do three or four a week in Boston. 
I do three or four a year now oh. in Aspen. And I will tell you that I don't think I've done one in two years, so I, I had to know. <laughs> did you know that, Josh? I, I did not know that. No <laughs> freaking idea what was going to come out of this. No, yeah. I, probably the last one I did was about four months ago. Okay. Uh, thank God. You Oof. know, I looked at my dad's hand. I, I was going to call him to work out with me this morning, and I said, eh, I don't want him shaking because of the weights. And I just made sure he had no coffee this morning. You know, and we watched it. It was crazy. I saw him before, and uh, I've never seen you look nervous before. And you speak a lot. To me, you look nervous, but I think it's because I was so nervous. Were you nervous at all? Were Absolutely you? not. Oh, you were not. <laughs> wow. The, I was the the surgical part, the the actual cutting part, uh, is something that when you do so many of these, you need not think about it. It just happens. The discussion part beforehand, the explanation part, yeah, you know, I always get a little nervous at that because right. occasionally I'll forget one part of the story, but that does not impact the mm -hmm. actual result physically. So, right. so wait, I have a question. Okay, so you've done a couple thousand brisses, circumcisions. If you had a guess, how many babies do you think you delivered over your career? I started doing obstetrics in 1970-something and stopped in 1987, and I would say we delivered 30 a month, so you oh. can just take it from there. We, wow. we had one of the busiest and most active obstetrical practices in Boston, and that's Boston. So if somebody, if somebody can add that up, I, I can only add up 2.5% and 5%. And uh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, someone sent us the answer to that. Yeah, That's please, a lot of babies. Please feel free to do it. Uh, the, the most interesting thing, actually, are there are two things. I would be walking in the Chestnut Hill Mall with Mom, and these young women would come up to us with little children, four, five, six, seven-year-old boys, and go, Johnny, this is the guy who, you know, wow. did your circumcision. I said, please don't have him think of me as that. Right, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the other good part of that is these very beautiful women would come up to us in the mall, and it was usually Matthew and Josh who responded. They'd go, oh, hi, Dr. Altman, how are you? And, you know, we have say hello whatever and she would walk away and Matthew and Josh would say to me uh, do you get to see these people naked yeah of course <laughs> and, Important question. and I said well as a gynecologist yeah they wear a, a gown and stuff but that's what I do and that's when Josh said to me I want to be a gynecologist <laughs> <laughs> Josh Holman's um, original job uh, pre-million dollar listing. And he really thought about medicine for about a half hour. Yeah, I would uh, imagine. And mostly because his grandfather, my father, uh, specifically wanted him, at least one of the kids, to do that. And Josh has made an excellent choice, believe me. Yeah, I can tell. Well, and I also found out very quickly. I said, wait, how many more years of school do I have to <laughs> it's do? It's so much school. <laughs> it's eight more years? Is it surreal, Dr. Allman, when you now see Josh, because you're walking around with him, you're out visiting now, and he's got people that come up to him. Now, look, they don't go up and say, hey, you helped uh, circumcise my kid or uh, you delivered my baby, but maybe they say, you sold me a house or I love watching you on the show. Is it a? Uh, is it kind of one of those? Um, Let me give you a story. 
I'm giving a lecture to about 900 people in Burbank uh, four or five years ago. When you finish, you know, you just listened to Dr. Altman from Harvard talking about menopause or sex, or, you know, published books and chapters and textbooks. And many people in the audience who are physicians and nurse practitioners, so it's a professional audience, come up and have questions, specific questions. So Dr. Altman from Harvard finishes this lecture and people line up for the usual. And one of the people come up to me and they say, are you Josh Altman's father? <laughs> so from Dr. Altman from Harvard, yeah. I became Josh Altman's father. Josh Altman from Syracuse's father. Yeah, yeah. there you so, go. Yeah. <laughs> and then there are certain limits on what a lecturer, a thought leader in certain medical areas and specialties, there's certain limits on what one can make for a lecture. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, my son from Syracuse, which is a wonderful place, makes probably six times what I did yeah. per lecture. Yeah, well, he's got six times less information, so it, uh, it works out well. I mean, <laughs> all the knowledge, you're actually helping people with legitimate medical conditions. And uh, Josh over here is selling the dream. Uh, selling it, the dream. There today, you go. So from Har but it, you know, there's another, he wrote a book. He is the first Altman to write a book. Right. And he's sold more than you, correct? Probably. Yeah. Was Not a chance. The you book was so? called... Making love the way we used to, do, or better, secrets to midlife sexuality. Correct? Absolutely. There you go. So besides being an OBGYN, a moil, he all you also, and I, I you you have so many different titles. You specialize in midlife sexuality, menopause, and what else? Sex. 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 There you go. That's the word. Uh, Josh and I don't hear that word too often anymore, so we forget it sometimes. <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, uh, Josh uh, just turned 40. I'm at the cusp of turning 40. Does that officially qualify us as midlife? Uh, Absolutely. Oh, it does. Oh, really? that is depressing. Let me, let me put something in wow, here. Wow, that's super depressing. That is a public, <laughs> that sure is. a public service announcement. Go ahead. Michael Douglas, cancer to the throat. Right, from all the cunnilingus. Papillomavirus. Yeah which you get from oral sex, mm -hmm. or you get anal cancer from anal sex. The human papillomavirus. He, he went there. He went there. On a, uh, if you were guessing which episode <laughs> we would finally mention anal sex, it happened. Well, now we know what the quote for this episode is going to be. <laughs> happened to be that. Hey, it's from a Harvard doctor. When it's from a Harvard doctor, it's not, it's not filthy. It. You go to Harvard, you're allowed to say you're anything You're allowed to say that. Exactly. Human papillomavirus is ubiquitous up to the age of 45, 50. There is a vaccine for this virus. Now, most of you in your age group have already been exposed, I promise you. Yeah, I'm a carrier. Which means you have some immunity to it. Right. They have now extended the vaccine, which is three little shots over six months, to 45 years old, meaning even though you have some immunity, certain types of this virus will cause cancer. If you get these vaccine, this series of vaccine, it will greatly lower your risk, even though you've been exposed, and even though you may have been exposed to the bad viruses that cause these cancers, greatly diminish 
the occurrence of these cancers. So if you are 45 or less, get this papillomavirus or HPV vaccine, which you're now eligible for. Hey, that's the good news. That's the good news about being middle-aged. Right, we middle do that, should that, we do that, on it, like we should do that in the next episode. Air? I think we should do that. Right. Uh, I, no one probably thought when listening or downloading this episode, uh, a show where uh, we talk about real estate, real life, Josh represents the 1%, I represent the other 99%. You probably did not think you would get legitimate medical advice. I didn't think we'd be getting legitimate medical advice, but you know what? I'm glad we did, just to show you, uh, like Josh says early on, when talking about real estate, your profession, you always want to diversify. You don't always only want to be into selling, got to be into buying. You know, you've had episodes where in the middle of the episode, you got to call someone who wanted to sell you a gas station. Just like that, we are, we are diversifying with knowledge today on the show. Today was a family day. And I wanted to ask you, because you're a guy that's available 24-7, cell phones 24-7. I've, told, I've talked about before many times we go out with the wives, we go to dinner. The phone is, you're constantly on the phone, you're texting, you're responding to the clients, you've got deals that are happening. So today is arguably one of the biggest 10, 20 days of your life in the sense. I mean, it's a big family event day. What were the rules for phone usage did you put the rules on yourself, Josh? Did the rules get put on you by Dr. Altman? Did did your wife have something to do with it? Um, because deals are still being done. I mean, I was talking to your, your brother at one point, and he said that he was he had the phone on, on the ready, and I wasn't sure if you said you're in charge of all calls during this. How did, how did that happen? Because as, as people listen to this, and they've got important stuff going on in their personal life, but then they also have a business to run, what is what was the policy for today? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. I, I put the rule on myself. Uh, what I've learned since I uh, uh, had a daughter first, Lexi, I've learned to uh, put some, really put some barriers around uh, my family and to be able to live in the moment because you only have so many opportunities to go through things like this. Today, I was not interested in business whatsoever. And uh, yes, my brother was in the back of the room watching and probably closing deals because I saw him on the phone a bunch. The only thing I used my phone for today was to take pictures, so just being a proud papa. Um, I got a question for my dad. So obviously, I wasn't a great student. I think it's pretty obvious in, in Newton, Massachusetts, that uh, I struggled with many things as far as education growing up. And I don't know if that was because it was from uh, ADD or whatever it is, or maybe I just didn't like to be in class or this or that. Um, as a a, a very educated human being, I mean, Harvard educated, a big time, you know, you were always very studious. And, and I remember growing up, you used to make us read the newspaper with you once a week. Um, as a father, because I like to get some advice, what do you do in a situation when uh, your kid is, you know, struggling with education? Um, and how did you approach it with me as, you know, I had all these tutors and even the tutors sucked or they didn't suck. I sucked. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I, it, it, it was like my attention level was zero. What happens in that situation? Well, you're asking two questions. The first question is, what would I do? What would I advise you? And the second question is, what did I did? Mm-hmm. Um, what I did at the time was get ridiculously frustrated. Uh, I remember we were doing something with fractions. It had to be math, right? And, and it was it was probably the wrong lesson. It was a lesson that was going to come a year later, but that's what you told me it was, and, and it was very frustrating. Yeah. What you should do is tell this kid, 
you are the most wonderful child in the world. You are... You, you remember the uh, the help, the movie, the help, and in it, one of the maids kept saying to one of the little girls who was mentally abused by her mother because she didn't do things right. The maid would say to her four or five times a day, "You was smart, you was beautiful," and and it's that's the essence of what you have to do. You have to build these children up, give them self-esteem. Um, well, that's what I felt like you. So that's what I feel like you gave me. Clearly, I was you, not a good academic, but I left the nest. And you know, the more that I grew, I became more, <clears throat> more confident because that's what how you brought me up. And actually, that leads to today. I feel like the confidence that I have is a major part of the success that I have had. Absolutely. So that begs to, uh, be, uh, the, I, I guess the question is, how important is schooling and education these days? Because I'm in an industry where I knew nothing about and had no background uh, compared to you know studying for one thing your entire life or whatever. May well, I tell a story? Can I just quickly say I think you gave Josh a little bit too much confidence growing up. If it's possible, if you could take some back before the end of the show, I'd really appreciate it. Guy's gotten a little bit too full of himself for my liking. <laughs> well, let me tell you when that happened. Okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Josh did not talk until he was 16 years old. I was thinking. I mean, a lot, he, a lot of thinking. he really, you know, I'm overstating it, but he was a quiet kid. He had an older brother, three years older. If Matthew ever stopped short, Josh went up his behind. I mean, he just followed him like he was God. Mm -hmm. And then something happened. Matthew went to college. Josh was a junior, and he was asked to be in the junior show in high school. And, and really... He was, he was a great kid. We had a lot of fun with him, but he didn't have that confidence of himself. And I'm telling you, after two performances of this silly junior show, he, he totally changed. He became a totally different individual. And I truly think it had something to do with being on stage and coming off stage and saying, I can do anything now. That really was a, a sea change in his life. And ever since those two shows, I've seen the confidence just bloom. And, and you're right, Josh. It's a matter of self-confidence. It's a matter of feeling that you can sell the world. It's a matter of feeling uh, that you're the best at what you do. Whether one is or one isn't, when you have that confidence, it people pick that up and they become confident in you, and that's half the battle. You both, you guys, were street smart. You weren't necessarily book smart. Right? Yeah, I I, I like to think that we that's were definitely street smart. Huge. We can all agree they're not book smart. Listen, are there agree any on book that. smart from Syracuse? I uh, no, I don't believe it's so. Mostly street smart. I think if you're book smart, you probably went to a better college. <laughs> <laughs> probably in went to Dr. Altman School. In uh, defense of Syracuse, I think there are a lot of book smart people. Of course there are, but but Absolutely. it's really interesting this but this point not that you bring us up. Too, and we have the radio. Yeah, and, and this is the, <laughs> this is what's interesting about this more than anything. What Josh is saying is that any industry you go into. 
you could potentially go 90% of your life knowing, knowing nothing about it. Pick up everything you need to go because eventually, no matter how much you read in a book anyway, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to repeat. You're going to have to fail. You're going to have to pick yourself up. You're going to have to do it again. You're going to have to... It's having the skill set going into that, right? I mean, I've Josh's friends with a lot of the sharks on Shark Tank. Barbara Corcoran has always said it's not about having a great idea. It's about what happens when that when you fail. It's always about getting. It's what happens afterwards, and the confidence is probably the biggest. I think it would be the biggest thing because if not, you fail. You go, I'm a failure. That's it. I gave it a shot. Whereas the confidence goes, well, this didn't work, but it's not on me. Let's do it differently. Owning a business, running a business is so important for your confidence. And failing in some some of those instances are doubly important. And that's the rub. The rub is that the people who govern this country, okay, legislators, they don't have any experience in this stuff, okay? That's that's what's frustrating. You, you have to have street smart people who know and who've run a business and who have failed and stuff like that. So I agree with you completely. So I, I have a question because a lot of, uh, you know, of course you know my story because you lived it. But a lot of my story I also don't remember and or block out. Do you, Is there anything you remember specifically from the time when, you know, we were living in that Castle, Matt and I, and then the economy collapsed, and we lost everything. So this was, for, for the listeners, you guys know my story, but we were doing very well. I came up very quickly from nothing to, uh, at the age of like 26 and a half, I was a millionaire, uh, and I was in the mortgage business, and then the economy collapsed, and I got stuck with a bunch of different mortgages and, and, and basically lost everything and started from zero again. Do you remember anything as far as... Our, our mindset at that time, or, or does anything stand out to you? That yes. You, yeah? Absolutely. Okay. What stands out to me is when I said to you, by the way, what is your mortgage payment each month in that castle? And you told me $25,000 a month. <laughs> and I damn well, excuse the expression from a Harvard professor, I damn well shit my pants. <laughs> I said, what? I, what? So, but what made me understand that you guys were both going to make it and probably make it real big at that time, at that junction, was the fact of how you paid that mortgage each month. When things were real quiet and things were going bust, you rented it out for the Tonys and for the Oscars and for porn flicks. You know, I, I mean, where what we had to do to survive. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's funny. I didn't know he knew about the porn party. He said the Tonys. And the, <laughs> I was going to say I heard a very different story about what they rented the house for. You. Okay, you. Well, let me let me just set that set the record straight real quick for anybody wondering what that means. Nobody was in porn. Correct. Uh, this Correct. was in L.A. There is a huge business, of course, filming. At houses, uh, and there's all these location companies that rent your house for a day or two or three for shows, movies, uh, uh, music videos, parties, uh, of course, porn because it's L.A. Mm-hmm. And so we just basically anybody who called us, we said, sure, how much? Because all we needed or cared about was the money to make sure we weren't late on our mortgage again. And so sometimes there were porn companies that called, 
And yeah, we said, yeah, sure. But it's the whole mentality of find a way to make one, right? And, and in that particular case, you you had to find a way. And, and your way could have been uh, hit up pops for money or, you know, uh, or move back home. Yeah, that's it. Some, a lot of people, especially, I don't know if there's any city, maybe New York, where as many people move out to, give it a shot, it doesn't go according to what what their plan A was, and they pack it up and they call and they say, "Oh yeah, I tried LA out for three months, or I tried you LA." Gotta out assume for a year. LA is the single number one place for that, correct? Well, I always say in LA, people don't have yard sales; they have broken dream sales. That's what, <laughs> that's what I always say. It's uh, someone came out here, they had all big plans, and then things didn't go according to plan, and they have to now sell all their stuff. And it's it's sad, but it's also in some ways. Is there a difference between, you know, yeah, sure, raw talent has something to do with it, charismatic, good looks, et cetera, but there's a million people out here that don't make it as actors or in the entertainment industry. Um, and then there's others that do, and I would argue that maybe some that don't make it are as talented or more talented, but maybe it's the uh, it's the perseverance, it's the stick whatever it is. It, it's They take no 16 times, and that's enough. They're out, whereas someone else has to hear no 500 times, but they keep going. Well, when they get, when they hear no so many times, they get beaten down. And that's where the confidence comes in. Um, we see it in theater all the time. We, uh, we are involved with theater and giving birth to shows and stuff like that. And we see people who are very talented who, I mean, it's, it's such a constant hit on you when you keep auditioning and you get turned down you've got to have the inner strength to persist yeah i mean let's put it this way one of the favorite parts of my job is is driving around with some of the most successful people in the world and hearing their stories and uh just the other day for example i can't give you the name but i can tell you it was a very tall celebrity uh with an accent um and you know, you look at this guy, and he's made millions of dollars uh, on in in movies. And you look at him, and obviously, no one ever looked at him and said, "Hey, you're going to be famous." I mean, he doesn't fit the bill. So yeah, it's it's tough to pinpoint, you know, what it is that these people do to become successful. But a lot of it's being at the right to- right place at the right time. And if you give up, the chance of succeeding is zero percent, right? And that and that's really the big thing because. You were given an opportunity that would have been the time to say, well, the whole world is falling apart in real estate. This is, the, this is my time to say I'm out, right? And that could have been it. And instead, you went the other way, got through the rough patch, which will happen in everything. And, and I'm sure, Dr. Ullman, now you can look back with a lot more wisdom than we can. But like I look at little things that happen now with the kids. I'm sure, Josh, you as well. Every little incident seems like, oh, this is an earth-shattering moment. And then you're absolutely right. And you, and you develop this almost this toughness, you know, that, that 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 where it got to a point where you'd probably get calls from Josh in the middle of the night, or maybe he wouldn't even come home some nights. And you developed this toughness over the years where it didn't phase you where it once would have, right? Because you you go, I still love the guy, but I've been through enough scares to know that you know this is just part of the it's part of the game. The key is. Uh, I don't mind, and the boys knew I don't mind, to be woken at 3 o'clock in the morning as long as it's not a state trooper saying, (laughs) are you the father of? Right. So I didn't care. And you want to talk about sex, we had great calls 
really. Uh, Josh would call me 3 o'clock in the morning from Syracuse. Uh, Dad, uh, you okay? Yes, Josh would say, I'm fine. Um, I'm using fake names. Andrea is here with me. She's got a question for you. Really? <laughs> oh, like you were getting all with morning. girls about sex at three in the morning? Oh, oh how do you think I got him back to my room? Listen, uh, Dad was the resident doctor. Wow. Basically, for my crowd at Syracuse University, because he was always available, I would get texts from people even when I'm not with them from women, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, I got to talk to your dad about something." I would just text him his number because I don't even want to know about it. So a woman would get on the phone, um, hi, Dr. Altman, um, like, um, <laughs> Josh is a good friend of mine, and this is not about Josh, but, like, um, uh, I had sex, and the bag broke, um, oh, and uh, am I going to be pregnant? And, you know, I would ask the appropriate questions. When was this? I would talk to him about the morning after pill if it was only three days. Or, hi, Dr. Altman, I have like warts. Oh, and, boy. And, and I would go, what's like warts? Do you <laughs> have warts? And, like, what do I, and I would explain to them, I love that stuff in the middle. I mean. Is that how all women at Syracuse University talk? That's, <laughs> uh, nailed, part, nailed it. Nailed the, the, nailed the impression. The absolute best part was graduation. Here we are at parties and graduation, and these young girls would come up to me with their parents standing next to them and say, oh, hi, Dr. Altman, I was, I'm Andrea, I was the one with the warts, or I was the <laughs> one with this. And the parents are standing there dumbfounded. Yeah, sure. At, at, but look, that that's okay. At least they asked someone. I'll tell you, uh, it's nice to know that everyone, even strangers, feel the same way about Dr. Altman that I do. Uh, and uh, that is part of the reason that Josh wanted to have him join us today so you could get a taste of the man very responsible for the success that is Josh Altman. We've got time for the quick uh, Q and Altman. So you can, these are all questions that were either on the Instagram. Uh, people wanted to know of you. Uh, did your first kid say mom or dad first? My first no, kid? Yeah, it's for you, Josh. Oh, for me. Uh, oh, mom, for sure. Didn't you try to pay off a nanny to no, teach them to, to say? No, I pay off my daughter. Oh, you paid off the daughter, right. They don't know, they don't know the power of money. Just, I knew just was, say dad. Just say I knew dad. there was a bribery involved. Dad, right. dollar, mom, not. <laughs> um, I've been in real estate for five years, and I have been doing 5 to 10% better every year. Is that good or not good enough? No, that's great. That's great. Uh, as long as you're moving uh, uh, in the right direction, that's great. Uh, that's what I love about real estate is the fact that uh, the more seasoned – and the smarter you become as, as an expert of real estate, the more opportunity to become more successful in the business. And that's why, you know, I mean, I was only in the mailroom, but I like to talk that I was in the entertainment business. Right, right, right. Even though I was just delivering mail. Technically, but, you were in the postal business. Right. Yeah, exactly. But the longer you're in the entertainment business doesn't mean anything. Right. Because a lot of time it's luck. But in real estate, the longer you're in it, if you're doing it the right way, you will build your business uh, every year. Uh, on the show, I assume they're talking million-dollar listing and not this one. Do you like anyone? Maybe they are talking about this one. <laughs> on this show, do you like anyone? I would be the only other person. But uh, on the uh, million-dollar listing show, do you actually like anyone? I get that question all the time. As far as you know, the cast, do I hang out with them? No. But at the end of the day, when it comes to business, of course we deal with each other. And unfortunately, we have to deal with each other more often than none because a lot of people – think that it's funny to call all of us to go after the same listing that they want to sell. So they they put us against each other all the time. 
They're like, oh, we'll choose one of them, but let's meet all of them and have them fight over it. So that's what I deal with a lot. Uh, final question in the uh, Q and Altman. You can always get to us, the Josh Altman, on the Instagram. We go through read some of the questions here at the end of the show. Any way that you uh, celebrate a closed deal, like a specific way that you celebrate closing a deal? You uh, pop champagne. You know, I wish I had a better answer for this, but this is the truth. We So right now I have about, uh, I think I have 14 deals in escrow right now. We're very busy. We have probably about another 65 active listings. And unfortunately, at this point in our life, when a deal closes, we move on to the next deal. Maybe it's a great high five, but it should be different. And that's something that actually I want to work on with my brother is, and, and our team is when we do close something, we should actually take a step back. We should celebrate it. Celebrating is important. Uh, and uh, and appreciate what we just did. I'm going to give the final question to Dr. Altman. Uh, Dr. Altman, Matt or Josh? <laughs> you have to answer. Certainly you just. Did you it's, say Josh? That sounded like Josh. It's definitely Matt at certain times, <laughs> and it was definitely Josh at certain times. Right, okay. Now they have both given us two grandchildren right. each. They can do no wrong. Yeah, I assumed you would say the grandchildren are first and uh, yeah, Josh and Matt sure. are distant for third. Sure. I uh, will say that if I go through a life again, I would very much like to have my grandchildren before I have my children. Yeah, I think that's uh, what, what's the, uh, the wise wisdom I've heard. Uh, children are the investment and grandchildren are the dividends. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's Absolutely. a good one. Well, we'll leave you with that a bit of wisdom that I read on a T-shirt. All right, uh, for Josh Altman right there, Dr. Altman right Dr. there. Dr. Altman, the legend. I just want to make sure that you all know I'm not talking about Josh when I say Dr. Altman. He is, uh, I'm not even sure if he, he, he technically had a graduation, but you did graduate, right? College graduate Josh Altman, Harvard Harvard doctor uh, um, Dr. Altman. Thank you both. Uh, listen, as always, it's great to sit around, talk real estate, talk real life. This, of course, is All Dollars No Cents. Thanks for checking us out. If you want to subscribe, you can get some of the back episodes, the bonus episodes as well. Find out what happened when Matt Altman was with us. And uh, we'll be back and do this again very soon. Josh, any parting words? Dad, thank you for not screwing up today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would Strong. have been a big screw up on a very important Woo. part of the body. But you're welcome. And it was great being here. And I didn't think Kevin could be so serious. I know. It's, it's crazy. wonderful. It's crazy. Cool. It's wonderful. I'm touched. All right. We love you guys. Tune in for next episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to All Dollars No Sense. Look for another new episode next week. And for access to the entire show archive, plus bonus members-only content and a bump up to Slacker Plus with no ads ever, click the upgrade button. Thanks again from Josh and Kevin and your friends at Slacker Radio.